Well, hello there, and welcome back to the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's time to get real with you all. I've been distracted from my goals for far too long, and I keep breaking the promises that I'm making to myself. So this episode is honestly more for me than for preaching to you all about what I'm already getting right. We've had a ton of episodes on mindset, and while addressing the mindset things are good, we must ultimately make the changes to our 3D everyday lives if we want to move the needle. Just thinking differently about these things doesn't matter if we don't practice making those changes in tangible ways. So if you'll stick with me today, I'm going to go over some of the hacks that I've found to improve managing your time and the effects that it can have on your goals and your vision. So if you're ready for that, we've got a ton to go through today. Just stick around. I think you're going to love it. Welcome to the Modern Producer Secrets Podcast, the first music industry podcast for creatives who want to reach beyond the side hustle, where we show you how to apply the principles of business, mindset, and personal development to create real sustainable success from the inside out. Now, if you're a human being, you've likely done this a timer 2000, whether you admit it or not. I'll say I'm going to do something and then completely forget about it because I didn't start it at that exact moment. Sound like you? I've lost so many great ideas for products, services, entire business ideas, or even just cool ideas for content for my YouTube channel over the years because I suck at managing my time. Even if you've been following along to this podcast for a while and are developing your mindset, I'm living proof that there are still going to be things that I suck at, and so are you. You want to know what the most common objection we hear in the Music Producers Alliance is? As to why people don't join, I'll give you a hint. It's because they say they don't have time. We all give ourselves excuses as to why we didn't start on this project or marketing or crafting ads to put in our offers in front of more people. I do want to point out that you only get out of life what you tolerate. So if you want to reach a higher level than you're currently at, you're going to have to grow into the level of person that's performing things that your business needs from you. Hopefully you're already aware of that, and I don't need to beat it into you. So let's dive into actual strategies for improving your time management skills. First up, it's hard versus soft skills. Let me just talk about this for a minute. When I say a skill, what is a skill? A skill is an earned trait that you gain by learning about and performing with repetition to gain competency in. There are different types of skills. In past episodes, I've explained the difference between hard skills, things like learning how to use a compressor or an EQ, learning specific production techniques or entire business processes. Think of hard skills as job-related skills that can apply to performing a function or a role in a company or community or some sort of defined organization. Soft skills are defined as traits that define your unique underlying character. They're called soft skills because they're dynamic, so long as we're willing to continually work on ourselves. Soft skills would include your communication style, how you form relationships or collaborate and cooperate with others. Now, there's a bit of debate on this because I found two schools of thought that contradict each other when it comes to whether soft skills can be learned. Now, some of them will say that these aren't really things that you can learn, meaning they can't be taught to you. But that doesn't mean that you can't learn how to overcome them yourself. 
There are a lot of articles out there that will say, however, that you're going to be fighting an uphill battle and you may never change these aspects of yourself because they're so deeply tied to your personality. Now, I personally like to think that as humans, our superpower is the ability to adapt. And when it comes to our soft skills, it certainly won't be an easy task. Things like communication skills, problem solving, adaptability, creativity, leadership, time management, flexibility, or even attention to detail. We can improve on these things. However, these soft skills are going to be much harder to change because they're so closely tied to our personality, our sense of self-identity and character. Why did I share all this? Because I want to make you aware that this is going to take serious work, and it won't be an immediate change. The first step to improvement is awareness. Let's start with the most obvious hack, to-do lists. This can seem simple enough. You make a list, it's somewhere visible to you every day, and it will remind you of what needs doing. Most of you might already be using this in various methods for tracking simple things, right? My wife and I have an erasable calendar that we have up in the kitchen walkway on the side of our fridge. She puts her work schedule on there, so I know what her work nights are, because as a nurse, her schedule isn't always the same three days a week, sometimes more if she takes on extra shifts. We also put our travel dates on there, date nights for going out or outings with friends. Now, when I say we, I mostly mean her. She's the planner. <laughs> She's very good at planning out days in advance and always keeping the schedule updated. I, on the other hand, am terrible at this. I ignore the calendar, regularly forget to look at it, and fail to put my own critical events on the calendar so she has a heads up on when I'm supposed to do work on things like podcast or networking events or spend time with her. I'll come back to that in a minute because the problem with basic to-do lists is that we don't give ourselves hard deadlines. Look at your list right now. How many of those have dates on them or even times on them? If you're just creating a simple to-do list that has do this, do that with bullet points or numbers, you're doing yourself a great disservice. So here's my tip. When you add an item to the to-do list, set a date for when you expect it to be done. Some of you may benefit more from having a physical piece of paper or a sticky note that's stuck right on your monitor so that it's glaring in your face, reminding you of the moment you sit down at your desk, get it done. <laughs> One of the things I've been getting much more regimented with is setting myself digital tasks with reminders. Why? Because I have multiple devices that are logged into the same accounts, which means those reminders go off on all of my devices, my phone, my watch, my computer anything that's signed into my Microsoft account. Now, at some point, there's going to be more tasks in the to-do pile than you'll ever have time for. I'm running into this at my regular job already as I've stepped into a management position. I'm finding that simply adding things to a task list and setting deadlines isn't enough because we're always finding more things to do than we can humanly accomplish with the size of the team that I'm leading. If you're listening to this podcast, I feel I know our audience well enough to assume that you're a business of one. If it's just you and somewhere on your desk or your phone or your virtual calendar are forgotten list items that have been there for ages, I'm guilty of this myself, so don't feel too judged. <laughs> Here's an example of what I'm talking about. I use Sticky Notes, which is this little app that comes free with Windows 10. 
I've got a pink to-do list that's specifically for my business projects. On that list, there is a bullet point for adding my Pollux and Castor instrumentals to SongTrader. I haven't written any new instrumentals for this artist collaboration with my partner since 2019. Why is this still on my list? Do you see what I'm saying? The reason I bring this up is because I want you to learn, as I'm learning, how to self-audit your priorities. If Pollux and Castor went on hiatus in 2019, and has been since, should I really waste my time updating profiles with this to-do item? Here's an even smarter question that I've only just started asking myself. Cam, do I really need to waste my mental and emotional energy on this task if it's not serving a larger goal? For me, the answer is no. My goals have shifted and I've moved on from building an artist profile to working in other music brands. I need to remove this from my list. What you may be feeling, like I've been feeling lately, is that when I sit down to do work and I come to a massive list of things that spread me all over the place, I end up not getting anything on that list done. There's got to be a better way. The good news is there is a better way, but it means saying no to what isn't serving us so that we can focus on what will serve us better. I'm ready to say no to what isn't going to move the needle forward in my life. I'm ready to do the work. If you are too, here's what I'm finding. That's a smarter way to set yourself up for success. Don't overwhelm yourself with tons of little tasks. Instead, you need to build a routine. Routines are how we build habits, and the better habits we have, the better standards we can achieve. I didn't become a manager within two years of working at this IT company by becoming a taskmaster. My calendar, my day, wasn't itemized down to the smallest level. It had the most important high-level things I needed to accomplish that day. And within my role, I've developed routines that elevated my work ethic and made me stand out from my peers. I mastered that routine, and I got so good at it that I then started teaching my peers how to master it. I was the first one in my department to set standards for how we document our installations and projects. I was the one who took those same standards and applied it to our core network and business processes. I started taking on bigger projects because my managers trusted me to deliver on them. And that's because I was focused on higher level stuff, not the individual things that had to get done. The problem the old me constantly ran into is that when it came time to build my studio business, I had so many hats to wear that simply setting tasks throughout the day made the days feel so overwhelming that I eventually found myself fatigued from trying to work at 1,000% output effort all the time. That's the surefire way to work yourself into the ground and never see a dime. Now that I've found my stride in my day job, I'm taking what I've learned and bringing it to the clients I coach in the Music Producers Alliance, and I'm now ready to do the same for Neologic Studios. I know it's going to take some time for me to develop a routine for Neologic. So, follow along with me for a second here. I've only got four hours each weekday that I can utilize to my advantage that are not related to working my 9 to 5. I'm assuming most of you are in a similar position. My goal right now is to assess how I can best utilize that time and then develop a routine that will allow me to practice, fail, and learn how to get better, faster, and more competent at that routine. So what's going on my schedule? Every night, 
my wind down period is going to be planning what activities I must do the next day that will move the needle forward with my business vision. Don't just take it from me. Some of my favorite life coaches and role models I've been following share the same exact routine, the same process. So next, I start my day off by getting into a state of mind that sets the tone for the rest of the day. I'm not going to turn on the TV or read the news or turn into a podcast or veg out to music. When you're coming out of sleep, your brain is in a very suggestive state. When you immediately allow your brain to absorb all these external things, all the noise that's going on in the world, you end up priming yourself for being distracted throughout the day. I'm not perfect. I've been binging on YouTube channels probably as much as the rest of you have, but my priority in the morning is to use my wake-up time to get in touch with my inner self and set my intention for the day. For you, maybe that's meditation, exercise, or swimming. Whatever your Zen is, that needs to be the first thing you accomplish in the day. For me, that's hitting the gym and waking my body up. Now, what does it mean to set my intention for the day? If my goal, my vision for my life is I want to build a music business that allows me to just play all day long, doing music for others, then my intention that I set for the day is I need to start looking for those opportunities, right? That's what I mean by setting your attention. Sometimes it could just be my intention today is to be 1% better than I was yesterday at sound design at producing or whatever. If you give yourself something specific while you're in this suggestive state, the beginning of the day, your brain can go to work, the subconscious level, looking for those opportunities to make you consciously aware, ooh, here's a cool idea, or ooh, that's a good networking opportunity, or whatever. The trick is it's all based on the subconscious. You have to get down to the subconscious level and tell your lizard brain Start looking for this. Did you notice I mentioned how I'm building this routine? The golden rule here is to start with small adjustments. We don't grow if we're always inside our comfort zone, but we also tend to build habits by taking smaller steps just outside our comfort zone and continually reaching for 1% better each day. My goal I've set is to simply use an hour each night to ask myself in journal. What's going to move the needle forward with my business? Because I'm constantly revisiting this, there's a couple of things happening under the hood. One thing is that by doing this right before bed, we're allowing our subconscious to tap into that question and set it into motion to prepare looking for things in your waking day that align with those questions. This is called the reticular activating system, which is just a fancy way of saying that there's a filter that sits between our conscious and our subconscious self. Your subconscious is where your gut instincts live, and it's the software running your identity. You know, all the beliefs you hold when you make decisions, they're often coming from an emotional response to things that are based on deep-rooted beliefs, and those beliefs are coloring the way you see the world because this filter, the reticular activating system, is what is throwing out what doesn't align with your beliefs and only presents to your conscious mind what you do believe. Which comes back to why we must build habits and routines rather than just trying to quickly start setting ourselves reminders, tasks, to-do lists, calendar events, and just clutter and further distract from the real work. 
I'm going to share something that's somewhat personal with you all because I don't want to see you folks suffer the way that I did. This may not make total sense to you right off the bat, but the reason I failed so many times and for so long to implement this is because I was lukewarm about what I wanted in my life. Sure, we all have passions for things. You're listening to this podcast because you probably believe you're passionate about wanting to make music for a living. I was too. But do you know why you're failing? You're failing to implement the changes you want and the growth you need because you're only lukewarm about it. This goes all the way back to the various conversations I've had with Adam on this podcast. You can't say you're truly passionate about making a living from your music if you're more focused and disciplined on your backup plans, on your day job, on your friendships, or playing video games. That was me back in my 20s. <laughs> I thought I was passionate about being creative. I used to love drawing, painting, sculpting, making 3D computer graphics, filmmaking, songwriting, playing instruments, and especially recording my musical ideas and producing songs. These were my outlets. But for every ounce of commitment I gave, there was that programming in the back of my mind, the belief that these things didn't lead to real jobs. So no matter how much I wanted it, my subconscious was holding me back. And that was through the voice of my family and even the circles of influence in my local environment. I was fighting my beliefs and I always stayed lukewarm. I let my family dictate my path, go to college, get a day job. Sure, I wanted to make a career of my creative pursuits, but I wasn't determined enough to do whatever it takes to achieve it. I gave myself excuses, like I can't afford to move to where that kind of work exists. I couldn't afford to take on an internship that was unpaid for six months in the Bay Area when it required me to commute four hours a day because the only jobs I could find and land were part-time minimum wage jobs. I told myself it wouldn't even pay for the gas to get me to and from the internship, never mind going after a paying job right out of the gate. How badly do you want it? Are you going to do whatever it takes to go after your dream? Or are you going to keep telling yourself and everyone else excuses that hold you back? If you really want to make a change that sticks, you have to feel it on an emotional level too. Why am I not going to fail this time? Because I'm motivated. My life depends on it. Because it has to depend on it. And it does depend on it. I have to succeed if I want this business to succeed. There is no second chance. No do-overs. If you are familiar with YouTubers, you'll likely know Linus from Linus Tech Tips. He regularly talks about building his business on his weekly podcast that he live streams on his channel every Friday. Someone asked a question on the stream chat if how he's running the business now is different from when it started. He said that when he started, he and his wife went all in on it full time because they didn't know at the time how big it could become and what they'd have to invest. It felt like they had to invest all they had in it just to make it work. There was no signs that it would work. YouTube could change policies or simply delete the platform at will any moment. He felt like he had to approach making every video as if it was the last one they would ever upload to the platform. He says he doesn't see the vision changing even now with a hundred plus employees. Because ultimately, nothing is set in stone. 
he still feels like he has to approach every video like it's the last one they may ever get to upload because they have to continually stay competitive and innovative to survive. That's the level of emotional commitment I'm talking about. I've avoided tapping into that part of myself for most of my life, and the result is that until lately, I've lived a life of mediocrity because that's what I tolerated. You only get out of life what you tolerate. Now, if you want to know the quickest path to building these habits and develop routines that will stick, my strategy is not to rely solely on myself. The ultimate hack is to get external accountability for the things that you want to accomplish in life. Mentorship is one of the most effective and fastest ways to develop the kind of growth that we talk about in this podcast. If you can find someone you trust to hold you accountable to the goals that you set, you'll be much more likely to stay on top of them. Right now, if your dream is to build a music business, but you don't have a single customer yet, there's no skin in the game. There's nothing at risk to lose. So of course, you're not going to feel the pressure that can fuel those emotional landmarks to keep you motivated. It's much harder to continually commit to building something when no one cares or even knows that you exist. Have you ever wondered why it's easier to help someone else achieve their goals than it is to help yourself achieve your own goals? We're social creatures. This is just human nature. But the beauty of it is that you don't have to be a perfect human being and that you don't have to overcome all of your faults to achieve the life you want. You just have to be willing to take one step at a time. Where you often fail is getting off that path regularly and not paying attention to which steps you're taking. Are you taking the steps in the right direction? Or are you getting distracted and continually leaving the path you set out to take? Okay, so hopefully if you're still listening to this episode, you can understand why this is so important to get right. So now we can dive into some actual strategies for developing time management skills. The first one up is conducting a time audit. Start assessing where you spend your time. It really helps if you can put it all on paper to see where your time is going or by creating a visual map of the approximate hours that you spend on various tasks throughout the day. Did a project take longer because you were scrolling through Facebook throughout the day? Now, yes, there are apps or web browser extensions that you can use to help you stay focused and automatically track the time spent on business activities versus personal and leisure activities. Some of these might be Toggle Track for a free time tracking app, Hours Stack for integrating with your team's project management software, Timely for automated time tracking, tracking time for visualizing time differently, and rescue time for reducing distractions. You could get all fancy like Brian Hood has mentioned several times in his past episodes of the Six Figure Home Studio podcast, but honestly, the time it might take to set these up and know what's personal versus business related is still going to be an approximation at best. You could mark Facebook as a leisure activity, but if you have a business page and do marketing through Facebook, the time that you spend doing those activities or even just communicating with customers one-to-one on Messenger, for example, might throw your time tracking off. Some of these apps actually block you from using the apps, which means if you have to use it for business purposes, you have to find a way to get through that filter. I just suggest keeping it simple. You already have a vague idea of how you spend your time. You just want to be honest with yourself. And it's not like you're showing this to anyone. This is just for you to self-assess. Number two, use the Eisenhower matrix to set your priorities. So this sounds super fancy, but it's basically just a box with four quadrants. 
On a full sheet of paper, create a box and then divide it into four smaller squares. On the top left quadrant, label it important and urgent. Do these tasks first. These are the priorities that are most relevant to your goals. In the bottom left quadrant, label important but not urgent. Defer these for later in your schedule. On the top right quadrant, label it urgent but not important. Delegate these to others, if possible, especially if they don't contribute to your long-term goals. And finally, on the bottom right quadrant, label it not important and not urgent. Delete these tasks, or do them when you have free time because they are distractions from your priorities. If you want an even simpler approach, simply create a task list of items that you find. Now go through that list and mark each item for whether it's urgent or important, and then leave it blank if it's neither. But Cam, how do I know what's important or not versus urgent? We take the important tasks and you can easily tie them to something for a client or is directly related to a revenue generating activity. This would be a good indicator. Urgent tasks are the ones that have set deadlines, especially if they're coming up soon. Now, when we talk about urgent versus important, hopefully you can make the distinction because ultimately it comes down to your unique business and what's important to moving the needle forward. I would hope that you can at least draw some distinction between revenue generating activities and then things that are doing just because. Number three, use one of these methods to block your time more effectively. Now that you have a clear picture of what you should be spending your time doing, you might have trouble building the habit of staying focused on those activities. And this is where self-discipline and the growth mindset come into play. At some point, your brain is going to want to revert back to these old routines and distractions are going to start pulling you back into your old ways. So this is where using one of these methods I'm going to share can really help you break that cycle and develop a new habit and become more disciplined about staying focused. The Pomodoro method is one of several options for chunking your time into digestible pieces. This technique was developed in the 1980s by Francesco Cirillo. <laughs> Hopefully I get his name right. Now, he was in college and completely overwhelmed by all of the studying and assignments, so he conceived this method for allowing small chunks of time for deep focus with small breaks in between. So essentially, you take a 30-minute period and you break it into work periods of 25 minutes, and then you have a five-minute break in between. After four cycles of those, you can take a longer 15 to 30-minute break. This method is great for promoting concentration and relieves the mental fatigue that can occur during longer periods of continuous work. You ever wonder why even in a regular nine to five job, there are labor laws in place that allow employees to take 10 or 15 minute breaks within a four hour period. And then for every eight hour workday, they get a 30 minute lunch at the very least. Again, this goes back to the whole focus and mental fatigue thing. There are a couple of apps out there, such as Pomodoro, the desktop app, or Focus Keeper, which is an app you can get for your phone. The Swiss cheese method <laughs> is similar to the Pomodoro method in that it breaks down a large project into smaller tasks. This was coined by Alan Lakin, the author of the book, How to Get Control of Your Time and Your Life. The Swiss cheese method pokes holes in an overwhelming task by breaking it into tasks that take five to 10 minutes to complete. 
For those min-maxers in the audience, you might find a Tabata timer really helpful here. Let's say you want to accomplish a complex goal like producing an entire song from start to finish in just an hour. Sounds impossible, right? Well, a Tabata timer is a series of rounds with small breaks, just like the Pomodoro method, but it's more useful for a very repeatable process. And what I mean by that is that when it comes to producing songs, they all need the same ingredients, so you can make the same templated approach to chunking out your time. I'll give just a rough example, but you'll get an idea here. The first five minutes go to framing up the arrangement by pulling in a reference song. The next five minutes, playing around with core melody ideas with your favorite or inspiring instruments, or loops, whatever it takes. The next five minutes, on coming up with chord structures for the hook. The next five minutes go into fleshing out the melodic elements for the next section of the arrangement. And then finally, the last five minutes of the first round go to fleshing out the bass line. Now you get to break for five minutes, and you're already 30 minutes in. Now you can resume with a five-minute block, getting your drum designed and composed. Another five-minute block can be dedicated to refining the sounds with additional textural elements or backing elements, you know, little sprinkles and spice that make the track feel big and huge and polished, right? Now you can follow it up with a five minutes on a rough pass of mixing, then five minutes dedicating to automation. Basically, automation is just another way of saying fine-tuning the mix. And finally, five minutes to master, and then give yourself five minutes to rest your brain and your ears before returning to hear your results. Boom, you're at an hour. <laughs> now, initially, the Tabata timer was designed more for fitness training by supporting like the FIIT or HIIT, which is high-intensity interval training methods that athletes and coaches and group instructors use. However, I was introduced to hacking the Tabata timer for music production work by Ill Gates in one of his courses. Since then, I've found that I can adapt this method for literally any business activity. Tabata timers are great for building speed and practice with repetition for small processes that belong to a single kind of activity. But they're not so great at managing multiple types of activities. For example, you wouldn't be able to use this to go from scheduling to hopping on sales calls with future clients to working on client projects. But you can use it within one of these activities. Which brings me perfectly to my next point. Number four is focus on one thing at a time. Multitasking is an illusion. It's a fallacy that we're capable of true multitasking. Humans have always been, are, and always will be great serial taskers. The truth is that Doing too many things all at once can impact your cognitive ability, and you'll end up feeling unproductive or dissatisfied with the result of your work. There is a price we pay for our mental capacity every time we task switch. And even though some of you will swear up and down that you're truly capable of multitasking, you might have just learned how to master task switching to the point where you feel that you are simultaneously working on multiple things at once. But in reality, what you've done is you've developed your cognitive muscle really well at reducing that task switching tax to the point where you can resume deep focus on the new task fairly quickly. Number five, give yourself a reward. Positive feedback loops can actually be really good for helping us retrain our brains for a new habit or routine. Every task you accomplish in a day, you can give yourself a little reward. These rewards don't need to be extravagant or expensive. So here are some examples. 
taking a break to enjoy your favorite snack, going on a short walk outside, call a friend or a family member, meditate for five minutes, or reading a book. All of these are excellent self-rewards that could fit into your five-minute breaks that I mentioned in the Pomodoro Method. The bigger projects that you accomplish, you have the power to determine which goals deserve bigger rewards. Maybe you love socializing, so hitting a major milestone or completing a major project is an opportunity to celebrate with friends by going out to dinner or getting a drink. Number six, use apps to block out distractions. Now, while I already mentioned some apps earlier, some of these apps can help you by actively blocking you from using social media or by touching your phone. Forest is an app that helps you stay focused and off of your phone. This company partners with an organization called Trees for the Future to plant trees when you spend virtual coins earned in Forest. It's a cool little gimmick, but ultimately your goal is to stay off your phone while you're in the zone. The next one is called Stay Focused. It's a browser extension that prevents you from using time-wasting websites like Reddit, Twitter, Wikipedia, Instagram, and more. It's highly configurable, so you can customize it to your specific distractions. And the last one is Freedom. It's a tool that can block websites and apps on all your devices simultaneously. Alrighty, so there you have it, folks. We covered a lot today, didn't we? <laughs> we went over things like why you suck at time management, and face it, I'm human too. Believe me, I shared exactly why I'm in the same spot as you. And I'm trying to do these things to overcome my own time vices. I want to get better at it. And you should too. We covered things like hard skills versus soft skills and improving your time management. The thing to be aware of with just simple to-do lists is that they're not very effective at managing our time and how we're spending it to tackle those tasks. So we want to get better at that. I mentioned several strategies on how we can do that. The biggest takeaways here that I hope you'll catch that I went over first were don't overwhelm yourself with tons of little tasks. Instead, you want to develop a routine. And then once you find your stride in it, it'll be a lot easier. The way that you get there is by making small adjustments just outside of your comfort zone, not trying to make massive swings in your lifestyle. It's just like going on a fad diet, right? When we go on diets, eventually that diet ends and then we rebound. We go right back to our old habits and our old ways. Or we failed the diet because our own previous bad habits start creeping back into our life and they take over. Our brain wants to go back to its old ways, so we have to overcome it. And the way that we do that is by small, gradual changes. And then I gave the ultimate hack for really fast-tracking these routines and habits that we want to build for ourselves is to set up some sort of external accountability. Meaning like, if you're going to go and do something that forces you to change who you are or how you approach your life, what better way to do that than to set up somebody or an external way to hold yourself accountable to those changes or your goals or whatever tasks that you're setting for yourself, leave it to somebody else to hold you accountable to it. At the end of the day, that's what the mentorship is really all about. When we talk about the Music Producers Alliance, this whole community that we're building is exactly about this. It's the most effective and fastest way to develop the kind of growth that we talk about. And then lastly, I went over six time management strategies. So one was conduct a time audit. Two was the using the Eisenhower matrix to set your priorities. Three, use one of the methods to block off your time more effectively. And again, those two were the Pomodoro method, the Swiss cheese method, 
And then I kind of mentioned Tabata timers as a, like a, a modification of those two. Number four, focus on one thing at a time. Number five, give yourself a reward. And number six, use apps to block out distractions. Those are the tools that we really can utilize. But at the end of the day, the tools matter less than just trying to achieve something here with these basic steps. So I hope that really helped you today. Somebody out there needed to hear this. <laughs> I know I did. And that's exactly why I put this episode together is because these are the things that I am actively doing right now to rebuild Neologic Studios and put my map together. In fact, I'm actually going through the blueprint process that Adam has provided all of the members. So if you are in the blueprint program, I'm curious to know, how's it helping you? If you want to email podcast at modernproducersecrets.com, let me know how you're getting along in the blueprint. I'm, I'm really curious to know. And then lastly, I want to thank everybody for sticking around to this episode. I know this was an advice buffet, so not everything that I talked about should be implemented right away. Pick one thing and just start small. The way that we achieve our wins, one win at a time is small little steps. Just make that over time. So if you find this podcast helpful in any way, the best way you can help others like yourself is to rate and review the podcast in your favorite podcast app. That social proof can make or break someone else potentially passing on a life-changing opportunity in their own career simply because they didn't know if this podcast was meant for them or not. And then finally, this podcast is brought to you by the Music Producers Alliance, the premier online community and professional development platform exclusively for music producers that provides learning resources, networking opportunities, and business mentoring. If you're ready to learn how to turn your home studio into a profitable business and consistently get high-paying projects with serious artists, head over to musicproducersalliance.com forward slash apply to book a free 30-minute strategy session to find out how we can help.